What's up, jerks? Hey, everyone. It's the Herald and Modcast. The Merald and Grod Flast. And this is our episode 310. Uh, sequels. Two sequels. Yeah, we're doing a streaming sequel and a now in theater sequel, Kingsman, The Secret Service, and Goon, Last of the Enforcers. Yeah, and speaking of Stephen King... I gotta tell you, say we something. We were speaking of Stephen King. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow, <laughs> slow it down here. I'm, I've been trying to find this fucking book. Um, I'm reading the stand right now. I'm almost done, and then I want to watch the miniseries, and we can do a thing on that. Yeah. But uh, I remember this book at Barnes and Noble. It was like one of their leather bound editions that has. They do all of these. They Dune and Alice in Wonderland and Edgar Allan Poe and Star Wars and and the really nice covered books that they make themselves. And I felt not long ago when I was there, I saw a Stephen King trilogy book that mm. they had. And uh, it seemed like only last year. It was Carrie, Salem's Lot, and The Shining. Ooh, nice. All three of which That's I nice. haven't read. And it's all in the same book. And the, You've the, read The Shining. No. Oh, you haven't? Maybe. No, I've seen the movie oh, wow. many times. Oh, wow. Okay. But I went to go buy the fucking book because they have it as on a stand with all the press right. printings. Yeah, I know that whole you know, yeah, thing they if do. If you go to Barnes & Noble, you know, $25 book, you get three stories, and it's not there. And so I ended up calling to see if any of them could find it, only to find out this book is, like, out of print entirely, no. completely. They, I've called every single Barnes and Noble in the Los Angeles County to see if they have any just in the old back room kind of thing. Mm. Nobody has one. Nobody knows if it's going to be reprinted anytime soon. I'm like, you know, it is now the largest grossing horror film ever. Yeah. You think you might want to get on that? But even if they do, it'll be a second print. And I wanted the first print because I had my hands on the first fucking print. And I didn't buy it because I thought, (laughs) well, they're they're the Barnes & Noble staple books. They're going to the Count of Monte Cristo. It's like all these classic books. I know that whole what you're talking about. Yeah, they're awesome. They're really cool covers. I think they had the Mark Twain, uh, Tom Sawyer. I think I bought you that for Christmas one year. You know, like they're cool books. I bought my sister the Dune one. Yeah. I should have bought myself the one I wanted to get. And so now I'm, I saw a couple on eBay for like $90, you know? What? Yeah, $90, $95, cause, and that's what makes it really seal the deal that it's out of print, because once people can start charging that for what was Boo. a $25 book. So I guess what I'm saying is if any of our listeners have a hookup at Parts and Noble or own a copy yeah. or know where to get a copy, I even called the Double Day Printing House directly, wow. and I gave them the, like, whatever serial <laughs> number for the book and they're like yeah we don't have any of these cops i was like fuck wow like, the best thing you can do is try to find it used and i'm did like did you okay. find it used i thought you said you did i did see find it for like 40 bucks yeah there's a couple for you know 45 40 and that was are the cheapest ones and uh. that's pretty good but then with uh shipping it's like 50 bucks and then i called and it was a 25 dollars yeah book. but then yeah. i called the there's a, a barnes and noble at the grove which i didn't call and the guy said oh yeah we have like five on back order what five books and i'm like well can i put my name down for one he's like well it's not like letting me do that because they're not on like pre-order go in there I know. I know. I, I should just go in there and be like, it's, hey. Well, we're going there on Wednesday to see a screening of The Mountain Between Us. Are we? Yes. Okay. So we will go in there and get back to everyone with an update yeah, on that book. because I'm like, how do you have five of them? He's like, we don't have them in-house. They're like on the way, but it could be old information that wasn't updated in their system. Yeah, you got to just get in these people's faces. Yeah, because, man, this is driving me nuts. Well, well now I, I mean, want the book. 
more than ever now because I just won't Everyone let go. Wants Stephen King books right now. Yeah, but that book in particular, and I heard like one of his like coworkers in the uh, like, in the background, like, "Oh yeah. yeah, I got that book. Oh, I had to." But he said boo. he's like, "I had to order it used." It. I know. I was I think like, it was like twenty dollars. Actually, it was twenty or twenty five bucks. At yeah, because those I th- those are nice collections. They're they so do. nice, and I don't really buy them because it's like none of the titles I really really want. I mean, the Edgar Allan Poe one's cool. They have some like uh, they had one called like the Penny Dreadful series where yep. it's like Doctor Jekyll Mister hide and the yep. covers are so cool and they're sort of raised print sort of fake one. leather yeah i have a few of them yeah, yeah you did great. give me the mark twain one yeah and so it's like i should have got one for my damn I think self I have the sherlock holmes one yeah sherlock holmes yeah. one there's tons of them and of all the ones to be completely out of print not like oh we're making some soon it's like no we just completely just disbanded on it, it was such a wow. cool book and yeah, if you know any leads or something, because fucking Jesus, there's not even a one. The one lady's like, I checked every place in the all of America, Barnes Jeez. and Nobles, like in the you know you can do that on their info. Why you call Stephen King? That's the next <laughs> step. I have to go get in his face. We don't want to interview you. We just want that book. <laughs> That's the only question yes, we, we ask. Do want to interview you? Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Kingsman, the Golden Circle is now in theaters and we were excited to see this because we went to their Comic-Con panel. Yeah. And they were all there. It is, uh, the sequel to their very successful sleeper hit. It the was Kingsman. a sleeper hit. Yep. yep. And uh, I remember thinking it looked super corny and lame when I saw the trailers for the first one way, way back. But it wasn't. No, I went to see it, it and awesome. I was like, this is great. This is a cool movie. It's sort of James Bond, like over the top to an Austin Powers sense, right. but it's not really a comedy. It's still an action movie. Well, it was a comic book uh, done by uh, Mark Millar and Dave, Dave Gibbons. Gibbons and um, They were the, both there at the panel. They were panel. both there. Matthew Vaughn is the director. He co-wrote it with Gene Goldman, who's his writer, producer, partner. And um, Matthew Vaughn, in addition to Kingsman, he wrote. He directed X-Men First Class. He produced Kick-Ass. He's directing the new Flash Gordon. That's cool. Um, Jane Goldman is married to Jonathan Ross, who's like an English He's uh, the English Johnny David Carson. Letterman. Yeah, He's David Letterman, Leno kind of guy. And he was the one who did the panel at Comic-Con. And Which was actually pretty cool. I he's think, hilarious. Well, when people in the audience didn't realize who they were seeing, like when they introduced him yeah, as a moderator, he's super famous. It's like that's Jonathan fucking Ross, you know? Like people was yeah. like, yeah, cool. Where's you know Sansa? Well, his wife Jane Goldman, who's the writer, also wrote um, the Woman in Black and yeah, Kick Ass and, and all the play. Uh, the Limehouse Golem, which is out right now yeah you can watch it on streaming yeah and it looks pretty cool sort of like a jack the ripper story but not. it does look pretty cool and of course it's uh she was there too man they she were was all there yeah it was a pretty cool panel, with taryn actually. egerton uh colin firth of course from the original mark strong the three of them were from the original mark and strong wasn't there he wasn't there but no. um he was in the original and then the newcomers were jeff bridges channing tatum Halle berry yep pedro pascal yep. am i missing anyone no oh Julianne Moore. She wasn't at Comic-Con, but she's, she's in the, the new one. Guy. She's the bad guy. Yeah, she's a lady, bad lady, bad person. So this time around, uh, Harry from Kingsman Head is dead, so we think. Yeah. And uh, Julianne Moore is a drug lord, uh, sort of a bizarre drug lord sort who lives in like, like a eye in the island. sky drug lord. Yeah. Like super top of the chain. Golden Circle is her mafia cartel yeah and she sort of lives this 1950s stepford wife thing that's kind of the shtick yeah she likes that holes in nostalgia so she's right. made on her little island in the middle of nowhere it's like all cambodia these, like, it's like yeah. yeah 
All these, yeah, all these like bowling alley, fifties uh, diner, yeah, that bowling stuff. alley, fifties salon, and it's all very sort of. It looks fifties on the outside, and on the inside too. But there's all. It's also full of, like weapons and gadgets and torture devices and, and robots. Stuff. She and likes robots. robots. She's like these two dog lots robots. of robots. Yeah, there's lots of like. Did you catch their names, Benny and Jet? Yeah, because he, Elton John is in it. A significant cameo yeah, he of has Elton a, John. Yeah, it's not even a cameo. It's like a part. It's a part playing himself. And um, they introduce her as the villain uh, after. Uh, the Kingsman headquarters is blown up. Well, I think it was a little before that, but essentially around the same time. There's an opening scene, which we saw the whole thing at Comic-Con. Yeah. And they, that's the opening scene of the film. And then we also saw her introductory scene at which Comic-Con. Which is pretty gruesome. And pretty kind of just gross. Like, yeah. it's cool, I guess, but it's also, like, extreme. Over the top. Sort of campy, but also sort of gross. In kick-ass Kingsman style. Right. Which yeah. is over-the-top kind of gross, now you know? It's, there's a, in the first movie, there's a girl with, like, robot legs. Now there's a guy with a robot arm. You're right. You gotta have robot limbs. Next time it's gonna be like robot wang. I'm sure. <laughs> it's gonna like extend. Yeah, that's right. There are a lot of robot robot parts and shit. Yeah. 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 It's kinda cool, I guess. Well, and her thing is, I mean and you white like you pointed out, similar to the first movie, she laces something in her drugs right. so that everybody gets this blue vein. They call it a blue rash, but it doesn't really look like a rash. It looks more of just like a contracting some sort of dirty plague virus. Right. But they call it like the blue rash and it has three stages and by stage four you're dead and yep. everyone's like, she wouldn't contaminate her own drugs. It would be bad for business, but she really just wants to be uh, worldly famous. That was her like big craw. Yeah. The thorn in her side is that she's worth billions of dollars. She's like, if the liquor company can do it, and but I sell coke, so no one has, no one can know me. I have to be the shadowy figure, right? So she contaminates her own supply and like all of the drugs, like from weed to meth, right? So all of her drugs are contaminated with this stupid blue rye. And it's essentially the exact same premise of the first one, except in the first one, it's a cell phone service. Right. And in this one, Where it's they're a gonna drug. they're going to kill the world. With, the, every... with the SIM card yeah. of the cell phone. So it's like this mass sort of plague thing. Right. But instead of a phone, it's a stupid drug virus, which is kind of a cop-out. It's, a, again, another like world event, mass world extinction event. And they dive into this sort of political commentary in that she, her ransom for this is that the U.S. president has to legalize all drugs, mm-hmm. and then she'll drone Release out the, the antidote, anecdote. Which is re- antidote, not anecdote, for God's sake. Did I say anecdote? Yeah. Oh. Please. We're trying to be on a show here. <laughs> 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 but I, that's really stupid. The yeah. way that like you're going to drone out the antidote to the entire world, millions right. of people, with these little like Amazon drones with little gold vials yeah, and everyone's gonna drink yeah, one and, and then take. they're in cages because the government decides to like lock up all the people that are infected because the conservative president thinks it's the perfect way to get rid of all drug, drug people users. who do drugs and, and then that then the, like that's what you said the social commentary comes up because the other side is like well some people just use it to self-medicate and some people are just smoking weed and some you people know, are me- medically have to use yeah, it yeah so mm. it's like shouldn't they get sick too should they be killed like the common you know junkie right and the president's like i don't care everybody uses drugs and the, right the, you know so you've never used a drug mr president well and emily watson in a bizarre small cameo role as his like head you know vp or whatever i don't know what she is chief of staff maybe and she gets it yeah because she's been using drugs because to stay up and work her 100 hour weeks for yeah kind of thing 
and we're also we're sort of skipping forward here, but it starts off with the whole Kingsman operation being destroyed. Right. Like that's how they get, they hack his stupid little fake uh, metal arm. And hacks. this is the guy from the first movie who was one of Eggsy's buddies who didn't, didn't make, make it. it. Yeah. And they thought they killed him in the first. He's actually like in the film a lot, I yeah. guess. And then at the end, Eggsy stuns him. He doesn't die. His head doesn't blow up because the stunning like disables his, you know, uh, chip in his brain. Right. So he survives, but he loses his arm and he gets his fancy arm. And then the arm is used to hack the Kingsman computer server and takes all their information, mm-hmm. finds all their locations and then blows everything up except for Mark Strong and Eggsy. And they're the only ones left of Kingsman, the entire yep. operation. And they get this clue, this special clue to go to this underground vault and they find the secret to starting up Kingsman again and it's a bottle of Kentucky bourbon. Right. And then here we go off to a new adventure. Yep. Where we meet Channing Tatum for all of a few minutes. Yeah. One barely scene. in the movie. We get yeah. one scene from <laughs> sweet, sexy Chan 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 Chan. And, uh, that, and then he all of a sudden is blue. Right. And he's like, oh, I must have smoked some crack earlier. And then boom, out of the movie. It was the stupidest thing ever. I feel like because I heard the original cut was like three plus hours, like the director cut. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I couldn't God. Do it three already hours felt really long. It did. And they there must have been a gang of scenes they cut out with Change and Drift Bridges because he's in it, but he's in it like a few times. Yeah. And then they tried to introduce this quirky habit he had, but they didn't do enough attention to it habit? of him like using but not really using drugs. And Jeff Bridges talks about it in in the panel like it's this big deal. Uh-huh. But there's only like two scenes. You see him like take a shot of, whis- of tequila and then spit the whole thing out into a spittoon. And then he takes oh, a cigar yeah. out and he doesn't light it, but he sort of puts it in his mouth and sniffs it and then puts it back in the cigar holder. They must have cut a lot yeah, out Yeah, because that. it was so insignificant yeah. that it didn't really do anything f- to build his character. You're sort of like, okay, he's sort of weird, but that's not like, it's not like he had this backstory with no. substance abuse or his wife died because he was a drunk and he beat her to death or <laughs> it was something. It's <laughs> okay. so wow. dark. Such a dark turn. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we had to cut it out of the film. Right. That's actually what we did. <laughs> and we all agreed it was too dark. But he's the he's like the... He's, M of the yeah, statesmen. Yeah. So the statesmen are the American Kingsmen, and their front is a giant uh, whiskey bourbon distillery. Right. And Channing Tatum is Tequila. That's his code name. Right. Really on the nose. Like, <laughs> And they found their nose. Like, got your nose. I'm like, oh, oh, I got it. We'll call him. And then, and then yeah, it's funny because Pedro Pascal is the Hispanic one and he's whiskey. Yeah. And Channing Tatum's the white one and he's tequila. Yeah. It's very uh, progressive name choices. <laughs> and Halle yeah. Berry's ginger ale because she's basically the Q like Mark Strong. She's more of like the money penny. Like, I guess she's no, the Q. No, she's the Q. She's the one who's hacking everything and yeah. she's doing but all she's, the science. She feels and... super slighted. She's like, I've been overlooked. Well, she wants to be an agent, but yeah. she's definitely the science medical. She's, she's the Mark Strong. Yeah. yeah she's a mark strong and uh i mean so they have to work with them because kingsman's been destroyed and And they they have have to like win them over to oh yeah channing Tatum like trap captures them and he thinks that they're you know double agents or something like that he doesn't know what they are yeah and then uh we see colin firth he's been captured by the statesman this whole time right that's how he survived that he's lost his memory and they have this magic head gel which when combined with electric <laughs> fucking <laughs> dialyses mends any uh massive head trauma or bullet wound to the brain even if you're dead even if you're dead 
fucking point blank. That, that was a little like soap opera. Like the guy dies in a fucking yeah. train wreck, yet they bring him back to life, kind of thing. Because of a magic gel. Yeah, that was that was really pretty ridiculous. I mean, I and I feel like they could have, they didn't need to do that. They could have just. We didn't really see them shoot him. Well, what I thought was that his lenses are bulletproof glass. And so another that would have been a way to go. Actually, a better way because he still would have suffered severe trauma. It just right. might have not been fatal. Like he might have been had a concussion, gone into a coma, yeah. but he could have survived. Lost his eye. Yeah. But it's not like they show like the bullet going into his fucking brain in in right. like three D and like an after effect, and then the gel like taking over it and like going in. And there's like these nanobots that oh, mend the like, brain come cells, on. and you're like, fuck off. Yeah, it's like that was the, and the hey, the gel changes color. It was blue and now it's <laughs> orange. So clearly, it's having an effect. It's like, ugh. and so he's alive, yeah. but he has amnesia. Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know who he is he thinks he's a botanist or he's a butterfly researcher expert i forget the term but they throw it around a lot like they're really proud of themselves for having this term i know you're gonna be a robotanist yeah yeah yeah, they loved that word yeah they did use that Mm -hmm. a lot and they had butterflies all over his room yeah he's like researching them he's in like a padded cell yeah and uh, and he's been in there the whole time and they show like the statesmen getting a blip on their radar and they're like, we have a problem down at the old church and then they show Samuel L. Jackson's character leaving and them landing and fi- finding yeah. Colin Firth's body and like, we didn't know who he was and he didn't know who he was and he's been here the whole time and so yeah. it's sort of a bittersweet reunion because he doesn't recognize Egg Z or Mark Strong at that moment right you know and then shortly after that they meet Jeff Bridges Channing Tatum turns blue then he goes into some sort of like cryostasis chamber and he's out of the movie until the very end which sucks i was like what the fuck yeah and then pedro pascal then becomes like this lead character of the statesman it's all him it's it's, i don't know what what happened there you know what though to be honest i didn't care that much that shani tatum wasn't in that much like to me the biggest because I, I don't, we don't want to. The stuff happens that we're not going to tell you because it will give away the movie yeah, with the rest of the characters. But uh, it, the charm of the first movie is lost because uh, the whole in the UK thing is gone. I mean, it was much more charming That's having like it James be part. Bond, yeah. yeah. Yeah, once it's you're introduced to like the American agents, it's, it's like America. Fuck yeah. yeah. It's all liquor and fucking Kentucky and Southern accents and, you know. And why? And, and they have their glasses, but they're like aviator frames. Yeah. And, yeah. Pedro <laughs> well, Pascal's an electric whip. He, which was cool. cool I mean, could, like, he had some cool heads. scenes. And it, yeah, it's cool. There was, it felt like a pandering like to get these American Audiences stars in the movie. And the stars. Movie. Well, we also say like once a movie's a sleeper hit, all of a sudden like the agents come a knocking, like, oh, my client's available for the sequel and so and so's available. Yeah. So all of a sudden you get this like cool little movie and then all of a sudden it's like stars abound. Yeah. The biggest how, what are the biggest stars we can get for the sequel? Jeff Bridges, Halle Berry, Channing Tatum, Pedro Pascal, fucking Julianne Moore, you know what I mean? Right. And so and Elton John, who has this uh, like extended his, cameo. Which is obnoxious. Obnoxious, it's really frankly. obnoxious. Well, and he wanted to do it. He apparently called them and said he wanted to do oh, it. Oh, he liked the first movie. Yeah. And this well, sort of there's thing. several people who liked the first movie that wanted to be in it, and that 
The first movie's good. The first movie's great. It's and really good. To be honest, the best thing about the second movie is Taron Egerton, who's yeah, he's really awesome. charming. He is. He's great as that character, man. He's yeah. cool. I like him. I like him as an actor. I like him as this character. Yeah. You know, I never saw Eddie the Eagle or like, I haven't seen any of his other movies. But right. He hasn't done a ton of movies. No, he hasn't. But yeah. I mean, this is keeping him pretty current. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's, he's super good interview, and he's super honest about the role of how like grueling it is. You know, it's he's like well, I'm he's fighting so and punching. Super excited to be there at Comic Con, like where yeah. the others were like too cool for super school. Plus, yeah, and like I guess they're bigger stars, but it's like but, you're part of a film, you know. Yeah, and are you we that? don't need bigger stars. I don't know. I feel like it could have been. They didn't need to go to America to do this. They didn't need to. They could have had, you know, Mark Strong's fantastic in it. Colin Firth is always great. They could have kept with that British crew. Yeah. And it just to pack it with all these, like, celebrities just felt a little obnoxious to me. Yeah, it sort of, it sort of uh, turned that corner. Yeah. And I guess, you know, they're, I'm sure, like, studio execs are like, yeah, if we get them, we're going to use them kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And they definitely set it up for a sequel, which looks like it's going to take place in England again. Just the way it ends. I hope so. Well, he he ends up with the Swedish princess. That's his girlfriend. In the beginning of this film. Like, they're yeah. together in the beginning. Yeah. The one who's like, you can give me anal. And we talked about that. Like, <laughs> if it was in 1950, she's like, I'll give you a deep, passionate kiss if you save me. And it's right. like lips locked. Nowadays, it's like, I'll give you a sweet butt sex. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's such a di- difference. It's like the days, times where we just laugh. We're like, that's, hilarious. Which that's was funny. The sh- which was kind of the shock. There's always like a crude shocker. And in this movie, there was a lot of controversy over the scene where he has to go to this music festival and meet the girlfriend of the his old buddy who's now gone bad the robot arm guy. right yeah. and get and put a tracking device upper hoo-ha upper snoocher and canooner. they do it in this sort of uh well it's like a little finger caught condom he yeah. has to roll it on his finger and then sort of insert it up her snooki and then uh Bob's your uncle. They can track her right. on the radar. And they kind of show it sort of like, remember uh, Look Who's Talking, where they show the baby yeah, going the, through the... the they kind of do like, that. Yeah, they do sort of do that. And it's not. It's sort of funny. It's like ridiculous, but it's not like offensive or gratuitous or objectifying. I A lot didn't of find people it to objected be. to it. Well, because you told me about it and the way you made it sound from probably just what you read. You're like, oh, yeah, people are like, it's, it's like going to be graphic. And like, and at first, it wasn't. Well, at first you told me it was he did it to Julianne well, Moore. Well, that's because I read that. So they got it wrong, whoever and, I wrote it. And then it also, I, and you said it was like through like, like penis insertion. But it's not. It was just, you know, it was, he had to, like, finger. And then there's this whole love triangle where he, like, has to tell the Swedish girl. He calls her And she's before. like, I don't care. Blah, I'm going to go smoke a joint. And yeah. Now I'm blue. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? And then so, yeah, he puts the little tracking device. I mean, it's corny and campy, but it wasn't, like, offensive. Well, it's funny because the fact that the article I read got all of the information wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it tells you how this shit happens. People and will get people shocked by something yeah. and they'll go, oh my God, did you hear this? And it will get changed. Right. And then all of a sudden it's this crazy thing. And it really wasn't that crazy. I mean, no. he in several interviews, because I went back and looked at it mm-hmm. after we saw it. And uh, he in several interviews defended it. And he said, well, you know, that's kind of Matthew Vaughn. And honestly, I was kind of shocked that he had to defend it because it's really not that big a deal. I mean, there's worse things in Austin Powers. Like oh, more yeah. offensive shit that people just laugh at. You right. Know what I mean, it's all about how it's presented. Yep. Like Austin Powers literally drinks a cup of fat bastard shit. You know, is that not as offensive? Uh, yeah, it's really it's really bad. gross. More gross. Yeah. This is sort of tame. 
they just show him like going his like hand going underneath her panties and then it cuts then to cut. like the vaginal canal like like look who's talking yeah like yeah. discovery channel yeah. kind of thing you can't see anything it's not like he's like flicking beans or anything <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> okay moving on uh I mean, I I was entertained by him. I like him. I like there's a lot. I mean, I loved the original. That scene with Colin Firth in the original. There's nothing like that in this. Nothing. There's nothing like that in this. I kept waiting for that moment. There was some good action, but that is a standalone moment in film. I know. In action films. And Colin Firth, the like, you know, button down. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. He's a good actor. Yeah. He's a fucking good on screen actor, man. Sure he is. And he was good in this, but like, there's a whole thing of like, can we trust him? And he's amnesiac. And yeah, he's seeing things. He's seeing butterflies. And so he's not like the reliable set your clock to guy. He's sort of like the wild card. Right. Which I didn't really like because I liked him being the sort of like mentor character in the first one and it's appropriate for yeah. his type of character that he is so for him to be like oh uh, i forgot to press the button oh shit like yeah. you know it's sort of like yeah and then you don't know if you can trust them or if he's reliable in the field uh, and he comes back to the mentor thing and so you At can see end. that in the third movie right. he'll probably be back to that role yeah um which is better which is better. And, well, you know, his mother wasn't in it, which was odd. She was Eggsy. in it at the very end. When at they, the wedding? At the we- Way to spoil it. Okay. Well, we don't know whose wedding it is. I think we know if okay. she's there. If his mother <laughs> is there. I don't remember seeing her. It was a one shot. She didn't even have any lines Okay. There was some funny shit. Like, uh, his friends, they go to his sort of like cockney friend group in a scene. Yeah. And then, like, one of the friends is smoking meth. And yeah. then he turns blue. I'm like, what the? That guy would like not be smoking meth right, right. on his own. Like they have a bag of weed and they're drinking. Yeah. Like just as far as friends and drugs go, I have a lot of friends that do a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like we all smoke weed and drink, and then oh that's our meth friend. Yeah. We, he it just he, work he that just way. casually smokes meth with us. <laughs> you know, it's, it was kind of stupid. Like he couldn't smoke a joint or something. It's yeah. like he's literally like fucking sparking up a glass. Yeah, dick. because it was linked to every drug. So right. why couldn't they just have him? Smoke Joint weed. a weed and they both turn blue because they had a big bag of weed. Right. You know, it's like, nah, I'm smoking. And then he's like, I'll never touch that stuff again. Oh, yeah, mate. that it's was like, weird. No meth. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, and not even because meth is so bad. It's just more of like uh, unbalanced storytelling. Yeah. Sort of silly. Uh, Julianne Moore was she's always good but I feel like her part was a little bizarre and it was sort of one noted like you don't really get outside of like oh I'm not getting the attention I deserve or something it's just sort of Mm. and the way she's dealt with at the end is pretty anticlimactic very anticlimactic it's just sort of like like, I guess I'm just gonna fall down yeah that was disappointing yeah it was super anticlimactic after all that that's what happens she's like I'm just gonna go take a nap well Samuel Jackson Jackson's death in the first one was pretty anticlimactic, too. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah, he just gets, like, knifed by a pencil or something like that. And then Eggsy stands over him at the end, and he says, you're going to say some line? He goes, no, it's like you said, bruv. This ain't that kind of movie. And that's, like, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't... They didn't go for the big, dramatic James Bond villain deaths in in either one of these movies. But, um... I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it was just her character was is cool, but it wasn't... It's like they're really trying to build a, a, a theme for her character, like a the 50s thing and like making her sociopathic, but like Stepford wife sort of sweet yeah. and stuff. And it, but it just sort of, 
And like she never left that compound in Cambodia. Like it was all. It was just almost the one like could that all you afford with her? Yeah, just or like something. That, you know, yeah. the two day shoot there. Right, or something. It, it felt a little <laughs> sort of short. Yeah, a little sort of like rushed. Like that's it. That's her, and that's it. Well, I that's guess how that I was felt it. with Channing Tatum too, because he was basically. I mean, like knowing something about production, you sort of see it and you go, okay, they only had they him had for week. two days. Yeah, they had him for <laughs> yeah. one week. They, they had, had to three film days it all. And it's in yeah. one location. And you that's know? all they could get or afford for Channing Tatum. Right. And they really wanted him in the movie, so they weren't going to skip it. So yeah. they'll take the three days and have him in three scenes. And yeah. most of the time, he's just lying in a bed of ice. Right. Cut, blue. I, and it is a cool opening scene when he sort of fights them. And yeah, but that's it. There's like, definitely good action in the film. Yeah, there's some good action. There's sort of like ski scenario, uh, live and let die, James yeah. Bond sort of thing. That was cool. That was cool. That's the that's the right one, right? Or is it for your eyes? No, only? it was uh, Spy You Love Me. Spy You Love Me. Yeah, the very opening of the yeah, film. Yeah, I like he, that one. Yeah. With the dude, the like burly Swedish guy that he has to fight. Yeah. 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 And he's like, oh, what? that's uh, for your eyes only. But there's two uh, ski Winter things. Winter ski The scenes. very opening of Spy Who Loved Me, he goes off the mountain and the British um, parachute comes out, and that's when they play the song. Yeah. Um, but then also in For Your Eyes Only, it's there's a big, a, burly Swedish yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the jaws of that movie. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, I mean, I found it entertaining. I didn't think it sucked as much as I thought it would, but. I can't say it's a great film. Nah, I wasn't that. I, I, I left leaving like sort of like, well, that was just sort of an exercise of an action movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, cool. I like the brand still. Me too. I mean, I, I'd I, see the third one I, in theaters. Yes. I, I still love the first. I kind of want to go watch the first again. The first one's far superior. Yeah. As many of them are. That's kind of what we're talking yeah. about in this episode. Uh, so what would you give it? I don't know. Like seven. Yeah. Me too. I'll I'll say seven. Yeah. All right. We're both saying seven. Seven out of five. No. (laughs) All right. Moving on to Goon, Last of the Enforcer, starring Sean William Scott, Allison Pill, uh, Liev Schreiber, Wyatt Russell in this one, and Kim Coates. Um, Jay Baruchel is the writer-director of it, as he was the the writer of the first first one. one. He also is in the film. Um, this is, you know, Sean William Scott is a goon, an enforcer He's in a, a Canadian league. Yep, like amateur pro league, farm league kind of thing. He had never played hockey in the first one. He was a bouncer and has a knack for fighting. Yep. Then the hockey comes after that. Yeah. And he ends up becoming a pillar of the team. And the first one's a very sweet little film. Again, like Kingsman, like a little sleeper hit. The first movie's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that first goon. And this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this this one is him. You know, he's gotten kind of famous. Liev Schreiber was his sort of enemy in the first one. They were both goons and they had to fight each other. And Liev Schreiber should have moved on to sort of like goon. Like a fighting league. A fi- yeah, fighting league. Well, he sort of watched him because he was like the veteran old salty goon. Right. And John William Scott was like the new goon. Right. And the, one, the only one that could take on Liev Schreiber, you know, kind of thing. Which yeah. was a cool story. It was a really good. It was a cool story. It was a cool one story. Was great, you know. This one, they have, like, the owner of the league that, I mean, Sean William Scott gets injured. By Wyatt Russell. Who is... Is also sort of a goon, but also a player. Like, but he's a goon. Play, and he's he And actually, he... And Wyatt Russell's the son of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. And he actually was a professional hockey player yeah. at one point before he went back to acting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but he is the son of the general manager and oh, the, the owner of, of the, the owner of the team that that Sean William Scott plays on, and he's on a rival team, and yep. he has this whole sort of like fucked up relationship with his dad, and it's really tortures him, but he's a great player, and Goon is gets injured by Wyatt yeah. Russell, and then that sort of sidelines him and he sort of was like well i guess i can't play hockey anymore and that's sort of like where it starts but and wyatt russell gets brought on to the team as the new goon while sean william scott's out yeah definitely the the wyatt russell character is so bizarre because they cannot make up their mind what he is does he have a tortured thing with his father is he like a crazy psycho yeah is Is he, he yeah is he like just needs to be redeemed like, is, yeah. is it fighting Goon going to redeem himself? Does he not care? Is he just, like you said, a psycho? Is he doing it because he doesn't like his dad? Or he's he's got, like, some sort of bitterness like, towards his dad? Because sometimes he liked his dad and sometimes yeah. he didn't. Sometimes he's trying to press him. Sometimes he hates him. Sometimes like, he's like, fuck you, man, They did every theme in one character all at once, and, and it made no sense. It was none of them. And then uh, the Goon, Goon is now married to the girlfriend from and the first pregnant. one. Yes, and so he's thinking about, well, I've got to, you know, take care of little goon. And uh, Jay Baruchel's his weird friend. From the first one. He was in the first one with like shit Boston accent. And in this one, it's like so much worse. Not the accent, just the character. Because he directed this one. Yeah, and the whole movie suffers for it. It's just like one poop joke. Like it has no, you know, storyline is like in inconsequential to like how many dick jokes we can fit into a scene yeah a lot of it felt super improved yeah it's just like okay we'll just keep improving until we get a funny dick joke and then cut we did it yeah good scene it's in the can another another good day's work guys it felt like they took his character from the first movie which was the worst thing about the first movie right and expanded the joke on it and right. the whole movie was about the jokes from that character who was literally the, the most useless yeah. part of that movie. Mm-hmm. Could have just not even been in there. And he also directed this movie. Yeah. And you can tell because the first movie had its own director. And it seemed like a guy that really had his own vision of making this sort of cool indie hockey and fighting it was. movie. It was good. It's sort of like a slap shot kind of thing. Yep. You know, it's its own in its own way. But this is like completely, it's just sort of like a lesser film. You can't even really call it like Goon 2. It's like they're all there and it's hockey yeah. and it's fighting. But man, as far as just a franchise, it just. It's sad it's like, because I liked that first movie. And I like Sean William Scott. For Me those too. of you who don't remember, Shriver, yeah. he's Stifler from the American Pie movies. And he's funny and he's charming. And you really, you he becomes kind of ridiculous. Ridiculous in the second movie. He's way dumber. They yeah. Homer Simpsoned him. Like they yeah. made, they took what was like sort of dumb, pleasant, and made it just like dumb, dumb. Where he's like, "Wait, I like that. That's yeah. my favorite food. I'm a guy like me." Yeah, it was embarrassing. It, it, and it, but it wasn't funny. You know no. what I mean? And it's like, why is he this dumb? Now he's like literally borderline retarded. I know. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just suffered for like cheap gags. Well, did you ever see the film Mystery Alaska? Yeah, I've seen parts of it. Okay, so Mystery Alaska reminds me a lot of the first Goon too, where it's kind of, and Russell Crowe's in it, and yes, it's kind yes. of a sweet movie. This sort of like mm, hometown, movie. hometown heroes kind of thing does good. It's like they they had that sort of real movie kind of feel good, make you happy, and then they took this and made it a Seth Rogen movie. Yeah, total you know? like sausage party, right? Sort of thing where like this is just sort of hacky jokes and. Yep. 
you're funny. Am I supposed to laugh now? Like, oh shit! Like, there, like there's a couple funny moments, like genuine funny moments, but most of it was just like canned laughter jokes. Like, ugh, I don't wanna, it's not funny. Well, and Ed, it's not Ed, even original. Ed Helms in it. Uh, who was the guy who played his boss? Was it in oh? which one? The first one. The second one. Oh no, Jason Jones oh, and T.J. Miller's Jones in it too. Remember, it? right? And that was felt like we got one day with T.J. Right. Just let him improv because he plays a sports announcer that just was not doesn't really it connect. was ridiculous yeah, it was sort of silly. yeah and same with jason jones's character it's like really well there's an article that i read just googling like reactions to the film mm. remember we read it, it yeah. was on up rocks and it like totally broke it down it like that's exactly how i felt about this movie it totally didn't do the franchise justice no. you know sort of a shell of what the first movie was you know sadly because it was i mean if you haven't seen go see the first one you can stream it it's just goon yeah uh, the second one, not worth seeing at all. Not really. Cannot recommend it at all. You're better off just watching the first one and enjoying it for what it is. Because yeah. if you go, if you go and watch this one, like unless you just are you ready for 90 minutes of poop and dick jokes <laughs> on a hockey rink? Because that's what this is. If you're into that stuff. Well, yeah. it's, it's kind of like how I felt about a couple movies, how I felt about Aliens 1 and 2, and then third, you want to just pretend it didn't happen. Right. And then also H2O, which was so cool when it came out. And then they Halloween. made that, yeah. yeah. And then they made that next one with uh, freaking where she's crazy and they pretend like it didn't happen. Oh, yeah, like H2O didn't happen. And then it's like a reality show. Yeah. Yeah, that one was And you weak. just want to, pre- well, and they are going to pretend that didn't exist because Jamie lee curtis just announced she's back for a new halloween movie 40 years later unbelievable i know danny mcbride one too so it could be cool could be at least the new i hope they don't make it too jokey i mean he's funny you know vice principal yeah but i don't want like a jokey halloween movie good point i hope not well it's got to be better than the rob zombie ones yeah those like i keep wanting those to be good too like every halloween it comes around like maybe i'll watch yeah the rob zombie ones and it's like no they're very rob zombie yeah 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 makes it too like heady like psycho trip like lsd yeah that's exactly right head trip michael myers movie well like, and the original halloween holds up like to this day is still one of the scariest movies out there yeah, I watch, I'll watch Period. it every year. Every yeah. year, like freaking watching Christmas Carol or something. Exactly. It yeah. is. It's very good. Well, so what would you give Goon, Last of the Enforcer? Know, like five. I, don't, I wouldn't even give it that. I'd give it a four. Yeah, four. Yeah, it's like four. bad, it's man. It's four out of ten. It, it's, they shouldn't have let him direct it. They should have had somebody else in there that has like that could separate you know, their own ego from I mean, a, to be honest, movie. I think that's even generous. Yeah, four is a little I feel generous. like two it's and like, a half. Yeah, it's three, like two and a half, two three. Two and a half, three. It's just really yeah. like watching it. It's just sort of like, what happened to this movie? You know what happened? Yeah, it's just sad. a bunch of bad jokes, a lot of improv. You can tell like, oh, they're really improving. Like, wow, you know. No, it's ridiculous. No. It's ruined that whole... the. It's a bunch of jizz jokes and fucking like, I came on your mother. We're foreign and we'll come on you, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can make that shit funny. I like a good jizz joke. (laughs) I love jizz. (laughs) I'm full of jizz. All right, thanks. But, you know, you got to do it the jizz justice, man. Yeah. This was, no, this was not good. Yeah, I got better jizz jokes throughout my day, throughout the course of my day, just making my jizz. (laughs) Thanks for that. Well, it's true. Uh, we got any other showbiz news we want to throw out there? Uh, the new Hellboy pictures are cool. 
They are, although everybody was, a first reaction to it was that he looked exactly like Ron Perlman. Yeah, but if you look side by side, the detail on Ron Perlman is almost cartoonish compared to the, the David Harbour one. Yeah. I was like, whoa, the David Harbour one looks like freaking true crime Hellboy. Nice. And like... Uh, the Ron Perlman, which you know, which you always associate Ron Perlman with Hellboy, it's like the same person. So it kind of looks like Cartoon Network Hellboy. Right. There's just less detail on the prosthetics, and yep. it doesn't look quite as like menacing. But it, it, I like those pictures. Oh, they're so cool! I and couldn't believe it. I was like, "That's still David Harbor in there." Yeah, you know. And they told him that they didn't want him to work out because he's they they put so much detail into like his body prosthetics. Right. But they also told him not to get like ripped because it's all prosthetics yeah They're like no nah, you don't have to do that you don't have to do the chris pratt thing or whatever oh like the chris pratt thing the, the chris's thing the chris thing yeah yeah the chris, chris thing. evans and pine <laughs> and hemsworth and pratt yeah. And, yeah the chris club well didn't you say that perlman's still really upset yeah he was he just did an ama and someone asked him about it and it was like a one sentence like i just took me this long to get over it don't want to talk about it it was like damn Dude, you're 68 years old, too. Is he? Yes. Whoa. Yeah, he's not, you know, you want to do an action movie? I guess Liam Neeson did, yeah. but I feel like Hellboy would be a lot more com- like intensive, all the prosthetics and all the makeup. And, yeah. You know, uh, you know, David Harbour's probably like 46, 47 or something like that, right? Yeah, right. You know, be, he could do three movies, probably, right. you know? And, and he's c- so cool. And he suits it. He's If yeah. anyone could do it after Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman got two good movies. I'm willing to see, like, a, someone else's vision of the story, too. Guillermo del Toro is such a... St- stamped style yeah that it's kind of cool to see what someone else could do with it you know change the thing of the guards right from tim burton to christopher nolan kind of thing see what see what happens yeah good point uh, and i like the concept who's art. directing the new one i don't know but it's it's someone that with some credits i feel like we could look it up but we could look it up i mean there's some things coming out soon we've got the new blade runner coming out next week october 6th yep um, Ryan Gosling hosted SNL for the uh, first season for, uh, to promote that movie. He's whatever. Yeah, he's kind of whatever. Um, oh, yeah, Mila Jovovich is in the new Hellboy. I oh, that's cool. I forgot that Mila's in it. Yeah, and there was that sort of scandal where one of the guy, uh, British actors from Game of Thrones had to step down as uh, uh, one of the actors on the new Hellboy because there was like a Twitter race uh conflict uh, really yeah man he literally had to step in because what happened was there's this character that works for the same sort of paranormal uh you know whatever it's called uh investigative league whatever you want to call it with hellboy yeah and he's he turns into a jaguar like that's his paranormal whatever powers mm-hmm. but he's a japanese guy and so whoever cast the movie casted this white British guy, and he literally had to step down from all the flack because wow. people were like, this character should be Asian. There's not enough P- Asians in Hollywood movies. And he chose to step and down. He, he chose. And I feel bad for him because that's, that wasn't he his decision. Casted, yeah. yeah. And so he loses a job, which, you know, it's good that they are going to cast an Asian guy in it because it is true. It that should be. Yeah. It should be. It should be. But, you know, but they should have done that behind the scenes before they casted him. Yeah. Because now he's he becomes the face of, like, in justice to people oh, on twitter yeah. and he has to put out a formal statement with like really pc wording yeah, like, it's not his fault i have never read the comics i didn't know i'm an actor i yeah. took the job now that i realize this is what's at the case i'm going to you know willfully step down and i'm sorry if I'm this sure anybody any grief agent said you gotta do you this. gotta do it you gotta it's a bummer because he's a good actor too the guy you yeah know? and but you know you gotta when there's an opportunity to cast someone of Asian descent. And there's a million and, 
ones they could cast. And the good actors. Very yeah, good it's actors. Not like Asian we bitch about act. that all the time. Yes. Yeah, no, it's the right thing to do, for yeah. sure. It's just a bummer that it had to be that way because... That he the had guys, to take right. the fall. That's the thing. It's like the casting people should have been on top of that from the beginning. Or the producers. Or the okay, producers. so Neil Marshall's the director of the new Hellboy, and he uh, did The Descent, which is one of my favorite horror movies. Oh, my sister knows Neil Marshall. They're and, like friends. And he also uh, is a Game of Thrones director. Yes, he was yeah. nominated for an Emmy for his episode. That's um, the guy, yeah. So that is interesting yeah, he's got that some he's credits. on board with that. Um, and Ian McShane's in it, who we absolutely love. Right. So um, there's the new casting. Yeah, that's Daniel him. Day Kim, who is on um, Hawaii Five O. Yeah, and he quit the show because it was was it a race thing? Yeah, there was a race reason There's why something. he quit the show, or he wasn't getting as much money right. as the others, something or something like, like that. that. Yeah, he like stepped down. Look how cool that picture yeah, is. Yeah, the pictures. Go take a look at Hellboy 2018. Uh, like the picture's fucking cool. And so Stranger Things comes back. Oh, season two. Uh, season Speaking two. of David Harbour, yeah, that'll and be soon. And Walking Dead. And Walking Dead and Thor and Justice League and Star Wars. There's a bunch There's going a lot on coming up. for the rest of this year. I feel like you, when the summer ends, you're like, well, I guess that's it. But it's like, nah. No. There's really like, some more stuff I'm looking forward to now than that was out in the summer. Absolutely. Except you know. Wonder Woman, of course. And uh, speaking right. of Wonder Woman, um, <laughs> Professor Marston and the Women, which is about the, the Wonder Women. The Wonder Women, thank you. Uh, Luke Evans stars as the man who created Wonder Woman and... That uh, will be interesting. Uh, muses or yeah. whatever. Well, yeah. what, his wife and his mistress, and they all live together. And uh, one of them was a suffragette. And it's a really interesting story. There's a book about it. Um, yeah, it's based on that book. Yeah. I got you that book by yes, Jill Lippore. Jill Lippore, yeah. Very, really good book. Um, but so we'll be back uh, with, a, with our recaps of Stranger Things, right. with our recaps and commentary of Walking Dead for our podcast, We Talk Dead. Yeah, Go to our website, thehmcnetwork.com. Goddamn. Oh, and we're also going to, uh, before Halloween, another Halloween event. Yay! Yeah, which is exciting because we kind of like poo-pooed on the Halloween Horror Nights. Hated it. Yeah, I kind of really hated it. Loved the mazes. Loved, you know, the mazes themselves. But God, the experience. Wasn't worth I mean, you it. You can listen to our fucking episode about it but this one's on the warner brothers lot yep and we're gonna get to retroactively now do the pennywise it kneebolt house night kneebolt house yep which is in the book and in the film and it's a haunted house and it's sold out in in seconds when it was on sunset yep and it was like a standalone thing to promote the film and so now they're taking that and putting it on the warner brothers lot and there's also some other warner brothers like conjuring conjuring which is awesome yeah that's a great idea and it's sort of a different vibe because it's a warner brothers lot it's not a theme yeah park. it's like a studio tour studio so tour, it'll so. be a little bit different it won't be like a theme park and this is we're going what october 29th october 28th or, or 9th yeah something like so that. right right close to halloween we'll do a full episode on that yep. which is exciting yeah i'm really excited for that because i, I know, know me too you always look for new halloween things to do Yay, yeah. Halloween. So, Halloween. Uh, again, go to our website, thehmcnetwork.com. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, Nerd Nation Travel. You can go to their website, yeah. nerdnationtravel.com, and book a Walking Dead or Game of Thrones vacation. Yeah, you Pretty can Pretty fucking cool. Uh, diehards out there. Diehards. All right, that's it for us, folks. Thanks for coming, jerks. Thanks for skinnissening and kissing, <laughs> you jerks. See ya. Ha, 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 ha,